You ready for the word? So let's say I'm ready for the word. Glory to God. A few weeks ago, I had <laughs> Cousin Victor cleaning my house. So I said, who's Cousin Victor? <laughs> cousin Victor is Martine's cousin from the Bahamas. He's a Jamaican who lives in the Bahamas. What do they call that? Expat? When you go from one country to another? I'm like, you Jamaican, you live in the Bahamas? What is going on here? But, it, but he's been living there with his wife for some time. And um, he had his career there. But anyway, so um, this is his third time cleaning my house. And so for after the first time, he's playing all this old school music. I was like, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> so the last two times he's cleaned, and I love him. Um, I, I leave, and then I come back. And then the house is done. Um, this time, he actually left before I got back. But I got him his money, whatever, you know, so forth. So he's, the house is clean. I'm like, oh, beautiful. Everything's great. But there's something that he did this time that he didn't do before. Guess what that was? He cooked for me. I was like, what in the world? I was like, what is this? And it looked great, too. He took the salmon that I had defrosted and he cooked it after he cleaned with all my vegetables and my seasonings and everything. And he said, I, I cooked some food for you. I was like, maybe he probably thinks I need to lose some weight. So he cooked some, <laughs> some good food for me. Um, um, uh, he said, I look for the rice, but you didn't have no rice. I said, yeah, I got, I got rid of the rice. But anyway, so, um, but the rice is back. But <laughs> anyway, so, uh, but anyway, um, pray my strength in the Lord that I, that I take a little bit of rice that I like. But anyway, so, um, <laughs> um, I said, yo, this is, I called him and thanked him, and I said, this is the best salmon I've had in my entire life. And I said, I need your recipe. What is your recipe? He said, Pastor Maurice, I'm going to give you my recipe. <laughs> he said, it is, it, is, it is a secret. It's his secret sauce. And he said, I don't give it away. And what I didn't tell you is that Cousin Victor is a retired chef. Ah, you know, chefs don't give away their secrets. And so he has a conglomerate, I guess, of secret sauce recipes for the things that he makes. And he said, listen, if anybody in the church want me to cook for them, let me know. I'll do it. And it's, you know, not for free. <laughs> He's here for a little bit longer. So if y'all want him, before two weeks is up, uh, he is open and even when he comes back, he's open to cook. If you want to have a whole bunch of people, he can make some food for you guys. But when I was praying about today's service, the Lord had me connect that. And the title of today's message is The Secret Source of Your Success. Oh, come on, somebody. The Secret Source of Your Success. Though Cousin Victor... Ain't going to tell me what his secret sauce is. God the Father has revealed to us the secret source of our success. There's a lot of principles for success that we should apply, that we, many have applied, and that we will, that we will apply, that we, need, that we need to even learn about. But there's one secret sauce. There's one ingredient to your success, no matter what you are, doctor, preacher, prophet, uh, engineer, mathematician, whatever you are, scientist, 
There's this one secret source to your success. And that is the presence of God. Somebody say the presence of God. There is no greater ingredient to your success than the presence of God. Y'all hear me? Isaiah, Isaac, you hear me? One of the twin powers. <laughs> you can come out. You can sit and look at me. You need to be looking at the man of God. Move your chair or sit somewhere else. I don't know why they sit at you there. You just see the anointed one. <laughs> well, he's going to be a preacher one day, so he needs to be in the anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. Him and his brother. I don't know all the particulars, but the glory of God is going to flow through them. Amen. Amen. Jesus sent them here for a reason. Some of you don't know, um, Avi had a dream many years before they came to our church. He said, I see um, in the future, you're going to move greater. The prophetic anointing is going to be greater on your life. And I see the worship team and I see two brothers. I saw two brothers in my dream on the worship team. I said, really? He said, yeah. And then he told me some other stuff. So when they arrived and they started playing for us, we had our worship team, I waited and then I told them, oh, by the way, um, um, we knew about you coming. <laughs> they was like, what? I said, yeah, Brother Avi had a dream about you many years before. Now this was interesting. We were at 226 in the old building. In the dream, he saw us at PS 238 and he didn't know why. He didn't know that we would be back there. He said, it doesn't make no sense. Why, we have, why am I dreaming about them? Because that's where they came. Isn't the Lord amazing? So he knew the mistake I would made in leaving us and in, in getting us out of there and that we would be actually at, back at PS 38. Isn't that amazing? The God you serve is amazing. He even knows the future. So they're here by divine appointment. And so I want to encourage you when you're praying about the church, pray for them in particular. Amen. And God's plan and purpose for them in this house Amen. and in their personal lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody shout glory to, glory to God. Hallelujah. So the secret source of your success is the presence of God. Write this down. One. His presence will make you desirable and distinct. It'll make you what? Desirable and distinct. There's a scripture that talks about many courting your favor. People will court your favor. If you're in sales or you need clients and that's how you make your money, if you get into the presence of God, you start praying in tongues, you start worshiping, you start praising, you start praying and declaring the word of God over your life, you're going to see an increase in clients because his presence increases what? It makes you desirable and distinct. Amen. And people will court your favor. People will look to, to be in your presence. They will look to buy from you, whatever it is. If, if you're a doctor, they'll look to come to your private practice or they'll talk about how great you are. You'll get a raise at the hospital you work at. However, you, whatever you're doing, you'll be desirable and you'll be distinct. People are going to want you 
to be to to promote you and bring you into on, on their team if you work in a corporate setting whatever it is or maybe you work from a home and you do sales online you're gonna have all these online customers yes learn about all the secrets of scaling up and all the different funnels and all that other stuff but let me tell you something there's nothing greater than the presence of God the presence of God will make you increase in areas that you cannot do it on your own. There's a man in the Bible called Obed. I forgot the other part of his name. If you remember it, let me know. <laughs> and um, the Bible says that um, the Ark of the Covenant, so I say Ark of the Covenant, it represented the presence of God. It was like a small box. Under the, in the Old Testament, where God housed his presence. There was a situation that happened when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. It was captive somewhere. And um, there was a guy there who saw the Ark about to tilt over, and he grabbed it with his hand, and God killed him. Now, you look at the story, you would be like, oh, man, that is foul. Well, he should have known better because you're not supposed to touch the ark with your hand. David was upset. He was like, why would God do this? And he was really upset and he put the ark in this man's house named Obed for um, three months. The Bible says simply that the ark just being in Obed's house caused the man's entire house to be blessed. Anybody know this story? Yes. The Bible says that not only he was blessed, it says everything he had was blessed. And word got out to David, yo, Obed's house is blessed. That means, now remember, they're, our, they're an agricultural society. So that means all his flocks are increasing, all his agricultural stuff, all his corn and whatever, they didn't have corn back there, but whatever it is that they're doing was growing exponentially Everything was great. The cattle, the sheep, everything was just increasing. And that represents wealth. By the way, so basically, in today's terminology, he was exploding with wealth and increase. In three months. In what? Three months. Because the Ark of the Covenant was in his house. That's the presence of God. And David said, what? He ran to get the Ark, and then he brought it back. And he was dancing and praising God with that. The presence of God makes a difference in your life. Amen. One time I was talking to Pastor Joshua, took him to Brooklyn. We was talking about preaching. And I was said, you, I've told him this long time ago. One time I, I said this at a, at a graduation. I said, you have the it factor. I said, you're just a great communicator. You know, you have that. But then when I sat with him, I said, but the anointing is not strong on your life. I said, I'm your pastor. I can discern the anointing. When I hear you minister, it's not strong. And I said, you need to pray more. Remember that? He didn't really like what I was saying. I could tell. He was looking at me like, I, I pray. I said, no, you don't pray that much. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll know when you're praying a lot. Remember that? We was in Brooklyn by the water. <laughs> and it doesn't make a difference how much practice preaching you do. If you're not praying, the anointing won't be there. So if you noticed, the last time he ministered, the anointing was greater. Anybody who's been watching him preach. And I said, you notice that it was greater? He said, yeah. I said, because you prayed more. You cannot fake 
the anointing. You cannot fake the presence of God. You either have it or you don't. Now, those of you who have been at Winners Church for a long time have seen me at lower and higher anointings. Am I right? Come on, you can say yes. Don't, don't be afraid of me. Am I right? So the valet say yes. Say, I'm afraid. Different, she said, yeah. Different levels of anointing based on my prayer life, my time in his presence, and my obedience to his spirit. It doesn't make a difference who it is. It could be a younger minister. It could be an older minister. It could be somebody who went to Ramah. So what? It doesn't make a difference. Everybody, no matter who you are, needs the presence of God. I've told that to Pastor Fabian. I've told that to Pastor Patrick. i told that to um, Samantha. I said, you see, there are times when God is using you in a profound way. I said, it's all about the anointing. Amen. And this is the thing that I'm going to tell every minister coming up, from Jeff to the twins, make a difference who you are. You need the presence of God. Amen. Somebody say amen. Somebody say hallelujah. The anointing is important. The presence of God is important. It makes a difference. And so when you um, are praying during the week, you should be praying for the pastors. Praying that the presence of God will be all over them. Praying that the anointing will be. Pray that we would not be distracted and be in his presence. Amen? Amen. You want the most out of us? Pray for us. Amen. Hallelujah. I've been at churches that have all the outside stuff, but no presence. No glory. You've been there too. I'm like, yo, I gotta get out of here, man. This is not happening. There's no glory in the minister. There's no presence. Amen. You want to know the difference between a false and a fake prophet? There's a lot of fake prophets out there. You want to know the difference between a false and a fake? Just sit there and you'll know. Just don't, don't, don't worry about any, who, any hype. Just listen and you'll know. Now, I'm going to say this. I, I'm, I'm pretty, I know I'm kind of bold because I name names. I shouldn't always name names, but I do and I will until the Lord says don't. So there's a real prophet in our city. I like him. I, I revere him because he is a prophet of God. His name is Bernard Jordan. And he um, is a real prophet of God. If you really study his life, he is a prophet of God. He stands on all the prophets. We have a black prophet right here in New York City. But anybody who follows him and knows about the, the Jordan, his son Manasseh Jordan and different people, there's a lot of shenanigans with them. Now this is going on tape. I know what I'm saying. A lot of shenanigans with them. Again, I do admire them. I revere them for what he has done. But the reality is, he has entered the era of Balaam. And everything's about money. And guess what? The anointing has greatly diminished on his life. When I say greatly, I mean greatly. He cannot prophesy like he used to prophesy. I've seen it. I've been in his services. There is no presence. Why? Because he's not in the glory. He's in for the money. That's what Balaam did. He entered the era of Balaam. I can give you another prophet by name who used to have great signs and wonders, but because his consecration level has decreased because of his sin, private sins that everybody knows about. I'm going to go into it. The anointing has decreased on his life. He's an old man who has no real fruit lasting. He still gets invited here and there because of his legacy, but there is no anointing. 
I've been in the services. So the presence of God is real. When I'm at home, I am praying. I'm seeking God. Because no matter how long I've been a preacher, if there's no presence, I, we're wasting our time. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank God for the presence. Thank God for the, thank God for the glory of God. Amen. And my prayer is that Bernard Jordan and, and all the other preachers who have lost the anointing and have it diminished in their life, that they will get back into it. Some will, some won't. But they'll stand before Jesus and give an account. Jesus appeared to my spiritual father, Kenneth Hagin, and told him, be very careful about money. Because the prophetic attracts money. It opens people's hearts to give. But then people get crazy and they start all these kind of schemes and trickeries of men to get money out of people. And there's nothing wrong with giving. We have to be giving. We have to be so. And we should so big. But what happens is people get money-minded and they lose the anointing. And so um, brother H Jesus told Brother Hagin, he said, many ministers, listen carefully, many ministers upon whom I've put my spirit have become money-minded and lost the anointing. This is from the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Many ministers upon whom I've put my spirit have become money-minded and lost the anointing. Don't lose the anointing. Amen. They're becoming money-minded or minded about any other thing. Some people have lost the anointing because of sexual sins. The other prophet I, that, I, that I'm not naming, he has sexual sins in his life and he's lost the anointing. He's an old man looking crazy. Prophesying sometimes out of his gift. It's the Samson era. The Balaam era. You think the Holy Ghost is going to keep falling on you, falling on you, glory, 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 and you're living in sin? Ain't going to happen. That's what the Lord's always doing with me. Stay clean, bro. <laughs> Stay clean. You're single, but stay clean. Because <laughs> if you're not clean, it's going to show eventually. Hallelujah. Thank God for a clean pastor. <laughs> Glory to God. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Fabian. You're the only one excited about a clean pastor? You want me holding around? Come on now. Number two, his presence will make you desirable and distinct. Two, his presence will push you forward and take you where you cannot take yourself. There are some places you cannot take yourself. Only the presence of God will take you there. And there's no such thing as being the presence of God and not being pushed forward. If you are stagnant, you have not been in his presence. Or you've been in his presence and you're resisting his push forward. Like Jesus told the guy with the withered hand, he said, step forward. And that's what the Holy Ghost is saying to many of us today in our lives, in different areas of our lives. Step forward. Stretch out your hand. But if you're going to sit in the audience, Jesus, I want to step forward. I want to stretch out my hand. Then you ain't going to get healed. You're going to have that same withered hand or that same withered part of your life. You need to obey Jesus when he speaks and step forward and stretch out your hand. Stop being embarrassed by your weaknesses. Be honest about them and say, Jesus, heal me, sir. 
Number three, his presence will preserve you and prevent bad things from happening to you. Amen. It will what? Preserve you and prevent bad things from happening to you. So many bad things have been prevented in this church because of his presence. Amen. We acknowledge it, we celebrate it, and we want more of it, Lord. One parent in our church just recently adverted great harm coming to their child because they were led by the Spirit. They listened to the unction of the Holy Ghost. They saw in the Spirit what was going to happen to their kid. And they, and they excused themselves from some people and went to a bathroom to go pray. And the hand of the Lord stopped it. Somebody shout glory to God. His presence will what? Preserve you and prevent bad things from happening to you. A lot of churches, a lot of uh, believers have bad things happening to them because they're not looking to his presence. If the Lord tells you to pray before you get on a roll, pray. Amen. Amen. You see some food. Don't be so quick, especially in this day and time, to be eating that food. Say, Father, sanctify this food in Jesus' name. I don't know what is going on here. You better pray. Somebody brush up to you and they look a little crazy. You better plead the blood. Don't try to put no curses on me, chick. Get to step it. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. <laughs> Today, we're talking about the secret source of your success. The presence of God. Today, we're going to look at one Bible character. And we're going to go through some things. I'm going to bring out what the Lord wants me to bring out. And then we're going to stop. I got like, I had so many people. And the Lord says, no, go slow. Take your time. Don't rush. Teach the people. I have something I want to say to them. All right. No problem. So we're going to look at the story of Joseph. We know the story, but we're going to bring out something that the Holy Ghost, also, oh my God, brought out that he wants to bring out today at the end of this story. So we know, uh, let's start with Genesis 37, 1. Turn to your, in your own phones. Let's read it together. Verse 1, now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob, all right? Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. Joseph, being 17 years old, keep that in mind for much later was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. So he was the tattletale. <laughs> There's always a tattletale. Verse 3, now Israel, now Israel is Jacob. Remember, Jacob had an encounter with the Lord and the Lord turned his name to Israel. So you see Israel, Jacob, it's both, same person. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. Sometimes parents do practice favoritism. Parents tell me all the time, I don't. I know you do sometimes. <laughs> because he was the son of his old age. I know how y'all say it. Oh, we love each child differently. <laughs> each child brings out something different. All right, the Bible says... Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. <laughs> That's what the Bible says, all right? <laughs> because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic, that means a coat, 
of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. So when you practice favoritism, your other kids will see it if you do do that. Verse five. Now, Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I've dreamed. He's just a young guy excited, won his brother's approval. Yo, yo, check this dream out. He don't even know what it means. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood, stood, stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. What do you think that means? <laughs> and his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? The brothers understood the prophetic. They knew that this dream has something to do with you ruling over us. So they said, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. So understand something. The older brothers, though they were haters, they understood the prophetic. Remember, their father had an encounter with God through a dream. Their grandfather had an encounter with God through a dream. So they understood the prophetic. The prophetic is even in the Old Testament. Now watch this. Even though they hated him for his words, I love verse 9, then he dreamed still another dream. People are hating on you. It's not going to stop what God is doing in you. Come on, somebody. And told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars, that represents them, the 11 stars, bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him, because Jacob understood the prophetic too, and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Now, why are you getting mad at the boy? Did he make himself dream it? Did he make himself have this dream? No. Even when it's evident that God is at work, people will still hate. Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. It reminds me of when Jesus was in the temple asking questions. And having understanding. And his mother said, why didn't you follow us? You're back here. She said, did you not? He said, did you not know that I must be about my father's business at 12 years old? And the Bible says that Mary pondered all these things in her heart. You want to know the greatest keys to parenting? Ponder. Think about the things you're seeing, you're hearing in your child, you'll get more revelation about how to proceed in raising them. Amen? Okay. Now let's skip to Genesis 39. So what happened was the dad tells the son, oh, go tell me to see what's going on with your, with your brothers. He knew that he was a tattletale. Go, go tell me, see, see what's going on. So he comes out, <laughs> the brothers see him, and they're like, ah, like we're going to kill him. <laughs> and then Reuben, one of the brothers says, no, 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 that's not right. Let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in the pit. You know, 
and Reuben, and then say to our dad that something killed him. But Reuben said, I'm saying that so that I can go back and get him, rescue him, bring him back to dad. But while he's thinking that, the, um, um, Joseph gets pulled out the, out the pit and the brothers sell him to some slave people. They, the Bible says Ishmaelites. Like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to sell you in slavery. And so Reuben goes back. He says, oh my goodness, where's my brother? He's already gone, bro. Already been sold out to slavery. Then these guys give him to a man named Potiphar. And so he goes from the pit to Potiphar's house. And he's a servant or a slave in his house. A Hebrew slave in this Egyptian man's house. You, okay, you caught up? Genesis 39 verse 2 says, The Lord was what? Are you guys reading with me or no? The Lord was what? The Lord was what? The secret source to your success is what? The presence of God. And he was a what? He was a successful man. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So even though he was a slave... Slavery wasn't more pretty than the American slavery back then. It was brutal. It was evil. It was terrible. Wasn't he wasn't just some kind of like little servant hired. No. He was sold into slavery and then now he's a slave of Potiphar's. Which means that Potiphar could do anything he wants with him. He could kill him. He could punch him in the face. Anything. There ain't no court to go to. This is real slavery. You understand? The Bible's bringing something out. Not even the horrors of slavery can stop his presence. Now, most of us only know about the wickedness and all the degradation of slavery. But I can promise you there are stories of slaves who had this testimony. Guaranteed. I told somebody, do you think that there were no prophets among the slaves? All of a sudden, the pastor, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teachers, officers just disappeared during slavery? No. It's, I, I, I just finished watching, what's the guy, Nate, 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 Nat Turner. I just finished watching Nat Turner's story. Something happened and I, and I felt I wanted to watch a Nat Turner type movie. <laughs> well, what, what happened recently? Something happened recently in the news. I was like, I, I need to see some black people killing people. <laughs> I'm sorry. I never saw that turn out, but I was in the mood. So I looked for it, to do it pay for it. Ah, I watched the whole thing and rejoiced with great joy. <laughs> but as I, was watch, as I was watching it, as I was watching it, it was very apparent to me. Nat Turner had a calling on his life. He had a calling on it. It was very, very apparent to me. And I said, people need to realize there were people like Nat Turner that you don't hear about. People like, well, what's the lady with the Underground Railroad? Harriet Tubman. You think Harriet Tubman was just a Harriet Tubman? No. She was anointed by the Spirit to do what she did. Yes, I actually believe that she was a prophet. Anointed by the Spirit to do what she did. God's presence is not hindered by anything. Amen. 
including slavery. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And remember, that's just the stories, the little ones we know. When you, you know, the Bible says Moses knew the ways of God. Israel only knew his acts. Most people just know the outside stuff that God does. They don't know the secret things he does. China is under super demons. Wicked spirits in heavenly places. They rule in China. But in the midst of them ruling China and that demonic government underground, millions upon millions upon millions of Chinese have been converted, born again, and filled with the Spirit. That bamboo curtain comes down, you're going to see a whole country that's Christianized. But it's all underground. And the devil knows it. That's why he persecutes them. I've seen them take a bulldozer and knock a brand new church down. You think that's going to stop the presence of God? Nothing can stop his presence. Somebody say nothing. nothing. Somebody say we belong. To an unshakable kingdom. An everlasting kingdom. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing can stop our God. Now, today is August 20th, right? So today, the prices go up on the MTA. It already went up. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Is not too expensive. Amen. Let the world fight over that. You're a believer. God's presence in your life. So what do I have to say? So what? Not, not saying that you have to want them to have raised it, but they did raise it. Okay. Are you a politician? No. Now, if you're a politician, go ahead and fight for the people. But if you're not a politician, whatever has happened, say, okay, praise the Lord anyway. Remember back in the day to say, hallelujah anyhow. So can somebody say that? Hallelujah anyhow. Hallelujah, anyhow. Oh, Pastor Patrick, the only one saying that? Well, you'll be the one to prosper. Hey, thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody say, hallelujah anyhow. Hallelujah anyhow. Doesn't make a difference how high it goes. If God calls you to New York City, God has given you the grace and the anointing to afford it. Amen. And more than afford it. Amen. To have excess. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know how many billionaires are in this city? You know how many millionaires are in this city? And you're the Jesus person. Oh, you just so can't afford it. No, come on, stop. <laughs> Holy Ghost Central. Oh, I can't afford the little MTA increase. Stop it. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master, verse 3, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. He saw the presence of God in his life. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. He made what? All that he did to prosper There's a revelation of all. He made all he did. Not some of what he did. All he did to prosper in his hand. That's the problem with some people. People ain't doing nothing. So what can he, how can he make you prosper? Or if they're doing something, they're speaking negative about what they're doing. Oh, this ain't really nothing happening here. There you go. You shall have what you say. You've bound the, the favor of God in your life. You've bound success in your life by your negative speaking. We can no longer speak negative. We must speak positive. Amen. We must speak in line with the word of God. Amen. 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 
Prophesy to your own life. Prophesy the word of the Lord. Prophesy what God has said. God cannot lie. If he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. Amen. Put his word in your heart and in your mouth. Put his word where? In your heart and in your mouth. Some of you have not been in the word. You've been on Netflix, you've been on social media, but you've not been in the word. God is saying, get into my words. Forever, O oh Lord, your word established in heaven. It's settled in heaven. The word will never pass away. Everything else will change but the word. Come on, somebody. Your body has to line up with the word.